Welcome to the podcast series, Aastha Unplugged. The purpose of this podcast is to help you express your highest potential as a leader. Whatever it is that holds you back in your leadership journey, let's dive straight into it. So we'll bring in guests here who are leaders in their respective domains, and they are going to share perspectives from their life journeys. And these perspectives are going to help you get access and insights into your life journey. Yeah. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode on Aastha Unplugged. Welcome to Aastha Unplugged. And today I have with me a very, very, very powerful and dynamic leader. And I'll tell you why I call him a powerful and dynamic leader, Simon Hay. Welcome, Simon. A big hi to you and a very warm welcome. It's a real honor to be here. And we've been talking for a little while about having this discussion. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you about, you know, some of the skills required to uh, excel and and be yourself and, and, and maximize your purpose and potential within an organization. So I look forward to this. Lovely, lovely, precisely. So what, what Simon just spoke about, that's exactly what he does. He has 30 years of experience as an acclaimed certified leadership and executive coach, a consultant, a CPD accredited trainer. Uh, he's a mentor, facilitator, a keynote speaker. Oh my God, and the list goes on. And uh, you know what is striking as I go through his profile, what's, what's striking is that he's passionate about empowering and transforming individuals and teams to achieve personal and professional success through mindset, leadership, business, and brand growth. And I think two words that catch my attention are purpose and potential, yes. right? which, are, which are just so fundamental, so key, but I feel quite often missed out when we talk about leadership, right? And that's what we want to dive into today. So uh, in our stand plug today, we want to talk about who do you need to be to grow, to excel in an organization. So quite often, Simon, I hear leaders say, I'm not being acknowledged. I'm not being valued. Uh, the leadership doesn't acknowledge me. They kind of discard me. I'm an outcast. A lot of things around this, right? Simple question straight away first. Who do you really need to be if you want to excel, if you want to grow, express your potential in an organization? Well, it's interesting you 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 use the word need to be, um, because I remember once when I was having dinner at the table with my wife and two daughters, and I didn't think about it, but the words came out of my lips when I spoke to my younger daughter. And what I said was, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be, Alice, right? Uh, and ever since then, it's really got me thinking about we don't ask people enough about who they want to be. We ask them what they want to do or what they want to be. And so that's taken me on a journey. And I guess to answer your question, really, that's about tapping into your potential is having a sense of who you are. And so don't be surprised if you don't succeed in organizations, if you don't work on yourself first. And what I mean by that is that not many people stop and think, what are my values? What's my purpose? What's my intent for saying things? So Everything starts with you first. So what are your values? What's your purpose? And what is your intent? Um, and maybe we can talk about that. Um, and so everything starts with you. Of course, you've got to align with the organization. But don't be surprised if you don't succeed, if you haven't gone through that internal process first. Wow, lovely. That's very powerful. But when you say you haven't gone through that internal process first, and when you talk about values, purpose, intent, 
where does one get started? Well, you start at the beginning, right? You have to stop and you have to kind of um, think about what it is that you that aligns you, right? So and uh, one really great book that I would point out to everybody, which I didn't write, it was written by uh, a friend of mine called Hortense Le Gentil. She's a French American management guru. And the book is called Aligned, Aligned, as in the word aligned. Um, and uh, I would recommend people read that book because um, what Hortense says in the book is when you're aligned, you instinctively know what to do and you know deep down you're on the right path and everything is possible. My spin on that is to truly excel personally, professionally, you need to align with the true version of you to match your confidence with your capability. So it's about and the reason I recommend the book is that it takes people on a journey, right? So it starts with what's happening inside your mind. And then it starts looking at values and your purpose and, and your skill sets. And by the end of the book, if you honestly answer the questions and you have to be honest, right? And not many people are 100% self-honest, but if you're really honest, it kind of gives you a picture of who you are and then you can aim towards that. So I think that's a really good way of, of starting with the process. That book is a great book. Okay, lovely. Super. Uh, how do you think, uh, so, you know, taking this forward, uh, even if I decide to pause today and reflect on what's going on here, uh, how do you really align with maybe a leadership where who's not really doing the work, you know, or, or yeah. maybe, um, yeah, yeah. So there's no. a gap there. No, I agree. I agree. And you have to be really honest, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and I've worked in organizations where there wasn't alignment with the leadership, right? And sometimes you need to take, let's be honest, you need to take jobs because it pays the bills or it's the right time, okay? And so I'm not really talking about those occasions. I'm talking about if you have the the luxury to, to choose what you want, then mm -hmm. um, that's really what we're talking about. And there's there's a little phrase that that I use. There's a there's an acronym, the three A's, right? And mm -hmm. I got this I got this from a great book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. The book is called Man's Search for Meaning, and he says with every choice, every decision you have. So this could include the decision around I'm working in an organization and I don't feel their values align. We only ever have three choices: we can either accept, amend, or avoid. So in that case, if you feel so you have to do the work on yourself first, right? You need to know what your purpose is and your va values, et cetera. And then you need to stand back and you need to look at the organization's values, purpose, et cetera. And if you honestly don't feel there's alignment and you have the luxury to make the decision, right? That's a big caveat. Then first of all, do you or should you accept that you have to stay? If you have to stay, you have to stay, right? Alternatively, do you or should you try and amend the situation? Should you try and talk to people? Should you try and play your part in changing the culture? And thirdly, only if you've exhausted accept or amend, then the only alternative is avoid. You have to kind of go, right? And um, there's, not, there's nothing in between those three gaps. And so I find that by having that in my mindset, it actually focused me to try and accept more readily or play my part in amending, right? But none of this is easy, you know? It's, it takes confidence and courage. Um, the other thing I would say is about being authentic as well. One thing that I learned in my career was that um, I used to think that I had to put on this brave corporate kind of face, right? That, you know, I'm, I'm quite a softy and I'm a gentle person in my personal life, right? But when I went to work, I used to put on this kind of corporate kind of tough, 
you know, macho kind of image, which is the opposite of what you should be. You should be out. You should be authentic, right? Be yourself, right? Being authentic doesn't mean being weak. It doesn't mean surrendering. It means being you, right? And authenticity, authenticity really leads to trust, right? If you're not authentic, how can you be sure that other people will trust you? So your authenticity leads to trust. Trust can lead to engagement. Engagement then can lead to leadership performance, and then it can lead to success. And so, but I find a lot of people find it hard to be truly self-honest and self-authentic. There's a lot that I've just thrown at you there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and what I uh, hear a lot of people say, Simon, is um, um, not many are willing to do the work on themselves. We yeah. want the world to change, people to yeah. change. And this is so rigid. You know, no. there's rigidity around that, no, things cannot change. Fine, I'll do the work on myself. However, if the other person does not change, he doesn't give me the space to grow and express my potential. Yeah. How can I possibly do? So would you like to talk a little bit about that inner camaraderie in a relationship at workplace when it takes two people? How do you really navigate on the ground? And uh, so I, I get it. It's either accept, it's amend or avoid. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people, they keep avoiding, they say it is avoiding, but they're jumping from one to the other organization only to escape, run away from a situation yeah. and only to land in another one. So where do yeah. you draw that line? Yeah, it, none of this is easy, right? And it takes courage and it takes confidence and it takes you to have uh, view life as a journey, right? So you need to have a growth mindset, right? And so having a growth mindset means that sometimes things are going to go wrong. You know, things are going to go wrong. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to be in the wrong place, right? But but somebody with a growth mindset views life as a journey of ups and downs, right? Whereas somebody with a fixed mindset says, fixates on a particular time, right? And says, if I'm not, if things aren't working here, then the world has collapsed and I'm not going to cope, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to stand back and, and look down. That's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is, there are two things that we should pay attention to, right? Our head, our head and our heart, right? At all times, pay attention to what our head is saying and our heart is saying, right? And so in terms of the head, there are two things that I want to subcomponents. I want to talk about your integrity and your responsibility, right? And so at all times, are you are you operating through integrity and ethics, right? Are you doing the right thing, right? And sometimes doing the right thing means calling things, right? And being courageous and saying, this isn't happening. This isn't happening the way I want it to happen. And the second part of head is responsibility. Are you taking responsibility for your personal choices, right? Nobody is going to save you or I, right? It's, it's interesting, you know, when we buy a car or a laptop or a telephone, we get an instructions manual. Nobody gives us instructions on how to live life, right? So pay, pay attention to your head, which is integrity and responsibility, and your heart, right? Pay attention to your heart. That's forgiveness, right? Um, and that doesn't mean that that means forgiving yourself. You will make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Even Marshall Goldsmith, even the president of America, everybody makes mistakes. We're humans. And the yeah. second part of heart is compassion, right? Have compassion for yourself. And so I think if you can think of it through head, heart, integrity, responsibility, forgiveness and passion, um, it might not mean that you're in the right place. It might not mean that it's the perfect job, but life will seem a lot easier, Right. Um, and then I can break that down even further. Integrity can lead to trust. 
in a work environment. Responsibility can lead to inspiration in a work environment. Forgiveness can lead to innovation and compassion can lead to retention. So again, it all starts with you, but the outcomes in organizations come from that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Would you want to, uh, would you be uh, able to share some statistics um, and in terms of, um, I don't know if statistics is the right word, but how do you think this uh, kind of impacts people who've really spent time doing the work and it's a journey. It's not like, oh, I've done it for two years, I'm done. No, I know. So people who are really into this, what kind of transformations they are able to create outside as a result of doing the work on themselves? You know, so it's kind of a case study or something. It's a great question, right? And now the first answer to say is there are no statistics, right? <laughs> Most of this is qualitative, right? Qualitative. But I can tell you from my experience, you know, if you look at my website, simonhaig.com, I've interviewed 50 or so of the world's leading thought leaders and business people, people like Marshall Goldsmith, the world's number one leadership coach, people like John Matone, the world's number one executive coach, Sally Helgerson, all of these people. And one thing they all have in common is... Um, is, you know, it's having a plan for the future, right? Planning your future, but don't, but don't attach yourself to the outcomes, right? Which is Buddhism, basically. Buddhism says plan for stuff, but don't attach yourself to the outcomes. And so, um, and so they have that sense and that, you know, they set a goal for the future. They do their best, but when things go wrong, they recalibrate and they start again. And one of the things I do when I coach people one good thing to do is project yourself forward and come back, right? Because life is short, right? And we can only navigate our own journey. So one of the questions I ask people is, and I can say it here to you, if you and I were having this discussion three years from today, so in, in 2026, right? And you were looking back to today, what has had to have happened in your life, both personally and professionally, for you to say, I made the best of those three years? So you're three years down the line and you're looking back today. When I say that to people, it makes them hurry up a little bit in their thinking. It makes them realize that life is short and only you can plan, right? And so I think that's what really sets people apart who really are ambitious for this change and this growth. They, they set a goal for themselves. They realize that life is short. They've got to go for it. Nobody else is going to save any of us. We have to create our own bridge to the future and they go for it, right? There, I, I guess three key traits that I've seen in successful people are willingness. They're willing to try. They're willing to give this a go. Um, Open-mindedness. They're open-minded about the possibilities of success. And the most important thing is self-honesty. Self-honesty is the key, right? And so, and self-honesty can include saying to yourself, I have to change course. This isn't the right thing. I'm wasting my time. I'm deluded. And so, so I've seen it the common trait of all those people were those attributes, willingness, open-minded, self-honesty, a willingness to create a bridge to the future, but also to, to bring it back and be realistic about it. Um, and, and I see it more and more in successful lead leaders that they are the common traits, right? That it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Willingness to try open-mindedness and self-honesty. Self-honesty and self-honesty is the key. If I said to every, anybody out in the audience there, hands up if you've always been self-honest mm -hmm. i would be worried if anybody put their hand up because humans aren't like we can't be 100 percent honest right but as long as you can try to be that's the key wow yes and <laughs> would you uh 
would you agree that either way, um, by doing the work on yourself, um, you know, I you you can so the most difficult relationships, the strained relationships at workplace, yeah. can be either turned around. Or you can get clarity whether, oh, this is not going to work. Probably exactly. doesn't honor me and maybe I need to move on. Absolutely. And remember the three A's, accept, amend, avoid. If you live by those, I do this myself, right? You know, I used to agonize over decisions and I used to second guess myself and question myself. But now when I'm faced with the decision, I go through the, that sequence. Should or do I accept? If I shouldn't or I, or I can't, do, should I amend? And if I can't, there's only one other option. And there's no point in whinging or complaining or worrying about your decision-making process. That's mm -hmm. important because when we make decisions, we can actually never be sure they're the right decision, right? So we, do need, we do need some tool. And... Um, I think that's a, I think that's a valuable tool. Um, and it's all about self-awareness and, and self-reflection. And um, uh, and it's interesting because uh, there's an organization in America at the Rice University in Texas called the DOOR, D-O-E-R-R, -R, Institute of New Leadership. And mm -hmm. you asked about can you measure this stuff? Well, they are actually do, they're doing world leadership work, world leadership work. And what are the core attributes for a leader to become even more successful as a leader and to see their leadership growth journey grow, right? Uh, and, and to put some sort of mainly qualitative measurements around this. And they've come around, they've come down to five key areas that if you want to give yourself the best chance to be successful in life, the five key areas are number one, you need to know yourself. So you need to know yourself. So self-awareness, which we've talked about. Number two is you have to control yourself. So mm -hmm. self-regulation, balance, decision-making, perseverance, resilience. So know yourself, control yourself. The third thing then is you need to be aware of others. Um, so cross-cultural resourcefulness, ethical responsibility, empathy. And mm -hmm. finally, a fourth is working with others. So there's knowing yourself, controlling yourself, being aware, of, being aware of others. And the fourth is working with others, which not surprisingly is the biggest one because we have to work and that inclu includes conflict management, team building, collaboration, delegation, negotiation, communication. And the fifth one is growing yourself, which is growth mindset, having a love of learning um, and also accepting that mistakes are inevitable. You have to make mistakes to learn, right? As long as you don't keep making mistakes, as long as they're not too big and as long as they don't cover, as long as you don't cover them up. So in summary, this is a journey, you know, it's a journey and it's a journey of up and down, up and down. But as long as you're self-honest, willing and open-minded, you'll see it unfold. And and just just finally, you know, there are two types of luck in life, right? Yeah. Uh, there's the luck that we're born with. And you, you and I couldn't choose which part of the world we lived in. We couldn't cho choose our sexuality. We couldn't choose. We can't choose those things. That's luck, right? There's a second type of luck, which I call strategic serendipity, which is a it's a it's a posh way of saying you can make your own luck. Right. So the harder you work, the more honest you are, the more willing, uh, the more open minded that you increase the chances. There's no guarantee, but you increase the chances of this success journey. And that's a common trait of, of successful people strategic serendipity they work hard they chase the right opportunities they listen to the voices and the right voices in their heads rather than the wrong voices like our brains my brain and your brain are our best friends but and also our worst enemies right 
And successful people listen to the best friend, not the worst enemy. <laughs> wow. Okay, great. So what I'm what I'm hearing very loud and I think repeatedly that's what you're saying. It just boils down to me doing the hard work. It's yep. no rocket science, but doing the hard work consistently. Absolutely. And uh, stop being a victim. Stop sulking. Taking charge and, and that, right. That's that's what it is. Absolutely. And my my only caveat with that is you said you know stop being a victim. Stop sulking. I agree with that. But also be gentle on yourself. Be easy on yourself. Absolutely. When you make you know don't beat yourself up. You're not. I I genuinely think we're on this planet to do two things. We're on this planet to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And we're on this planet to be nice to people. And if you can't be nice, at least don't harm other people. Both of those are nice things, right? So when you make a mistake, when you do something wrong, accept it and try and learn from it. And there's a little there's a little saying, every failed deal in life is a down payment on the next deal as long as you learn in the process. <laughs> Absolutely. Very well said. Yes. Yeah. But the only thing, Simon, why, uh, you know, I think in being a victim, um, you know, when you're sulking and it's not just because of what's happening to you. Like you rightly said, one is what other people are doing to me. Two is the whole where you said I'm beating myself for the whole uh, lot of expectations that I've put, yep. set up. And uh, uh, why did I not do this? Or maybe I could have done it in a different way. But uh, how much of, you know, me being in victim mode or stepping out of it, or, or maybe even being easy on myself, you link to the culture of an organization or the yeah. impact of maybe the leadership flowing down? Uh, yeah. No, it's it's significant. It is significant. And so it's everything I've said, it's easier said than done, right? So <laughs> as soon as you get sucked into a corporate environment, and I've worked for big multinationals, Dell and other companies, and they have their own culture. Like, yeah. Culture exists everywhere. We have our own culture. We have a family culture. We have a community. We have a national culture. Every company has its own culture. Then every team within the company, every clique within the company. And so, and there's a lot of cultures to navigate. And I, I guess, you know, you need to just accept the fact that culture is coming at you from various different directions, right? And yes, of course, you need to fit in. You need to align. You need to be cohesive. You need to be inclusive, Okay. But but you can still have a strong core, right? Still have a strong core and um, and try and lead by example, right? And I guess there's six important life skills that I think schools should teach us. And first of all is, you know, how to learn from your mistakes and failures is number one. Number two is how to take action without knowing the outcomes, right? Um, none of us know the outcomes. And number three is how to take responsibility for your actions. Don't blame the culture of the organization. Don't allow that to say that made me become corrupt or that made me become lazy or that made me become cynical, right? You're the one who's making you do those things, right? Yeah. The only thing we can accept, the only thing we can control in life is our reaction to life. Number four is how to stop take stop taking things personally, right? Just because an organization doesn't think that you're a fit or just because, you know, things aren't going well, it I've found in my career, most of the times it's not personal. Most of the time it's the, the organization has the wrong culture, right? <laughs> you know? And then number five is you need to challenge your beliefs challenge your beliefs and be prepared to change your mind and then finally question what you've been taught as well you know we're all taught this but i found often in life that 
sometimes things that we don't ex expect to happen are the right things, right? So I think it's turning a lot on, on top of its head and again, being open-minded. Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy. You know, sometimes you have to fit into a corporate culture. And again, you have to be honest. Is this a place I can stay for X years or X months? Or is this not the right place for me? Again, it takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage, I think. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. I agree. Lovely. There's, there's a word which uh, which is doing rounds. We talk a lot about it, and that's called emotional intelligence, the, the, the whole terminology. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, when it comes to leadership or when it comes to being part of a corporate culture, corporate world, uh, how important do you think, or, or rather how critical it is for people to understand, you spoke about self-awareness, which yeah. is the, the fundamental thing, but um, talk, talk to me a little bit about Emotional intelligence. It's critical. <laughs> it's critical. Right. And so Daniel Goleman wrote the book in 1995 about emotional intelligence. And there are four aspects. There are two columns and two rows. There's self-awareness, then there's self-management, situational awareness and relationship management. And so everything starts with you, as we've said, self-awareness. Right. But that's only a quarter of the picture. You still have to manage yourself, which is self-management. Then you have to read the room. Right. You have to understand the politics of an organization you have to get a sense of who's who in the zoo you need to get a sense of the culture the environment and so you need to be savvy you need to pick up the clues right and then fourthly you need to manage relationships which is effectively empathy and um i, I think i actually think it's easy to say that right but what what I, what i find is that not many talk not many people talk about how can you in organizations improve your emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence drives how we communicate with each other how we build trust how yeah. we build relationship it's the core of everything and so some of the things that i think we need to think about more training more learning around is for example notice how you notice how your behavior affects others right our or our behavior is always affecting other people but we don't like to question our own behavior right so try and notice how your own behavior affects others Take responsibility for your words and actions. Try and learn to motivate yourself and others. Maintain a positive attitude. People really want positive people around. Use active listening. Seek feedback and accept criticism, which is, again, that's difficult, right? Um, learn, to, and that's important because it allows you to interact with other people. It makes you vulnerable to an extent, but it also builds you. Learn to respond to conflict instead of reacting be assertive when you communicate rather than passive um, and practice, practice self-awareness, practice it. You know, one of the things I do when I coach people is I ask them to ask themselves three little questions every morning for six weeks, six weeks, right? Three little questions. It takes 10 seconds, right? Uh, and the three questions are, do I like myself? Do I trust myself? Do I respect myself? Right? Maybe they don't answer yes, right? But the fact that they've spent 10 seconds, that's all, asking those questions, the chances are they're going to get closer to themselves and build that emotional intelligence. I don't know why we don't do this more. You know, we're, we're rushing around the world. But if you just ask yourself those three questions every day, you are going to, even for 10 seconds, you're going to meet yourself, you know, <laughs> and meeting yourself allows you, allows other people to meet you more effectively. Mm. Do I like myself? Do I respect myself? And do I trust myself? Yeah. Just ask yourself those questions every morning. Even if you can't answer yes, 
even if you don't like trust or respect, the fact that you're doing it, you're connecting with yourself. <laughs> we don't yeah. do that enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right, that's, that's powerful. Okay, uh, I want to hear from you where, uh, you know, would you want to share something from your life, um, you know, how, when you got on with the journey of doing this work on yourself, yeah. what is the transformation that you've been able to cause? Okay, that's an easy one. And so I was uh, Marshall Goldsmith, the world's number one uh, leadership coach. I've been blessed. He's kind of mentored me. He's written the forward to a couple of my books, and I've met him a couple of times. And four years ago, um, I was I was struggling with my own my own confidence, right? Um, and uh, where I was going with my business and my own trajectory. And and I I spoke to him, and he said something to me that will never, ever leave me, right? And it's a very simple statement. And he said, Simon, all you need to do is match your confidence with your capability, right? And it's easy for him to say that, and it's an easy statement, right? But it's really, for four years, I've really dug into what that could mean. And it can mean many things, right? Um, and so the way I translate that is that most of us are more capable than we allow ourselves to think right you know uh confidence lack of confidence is one of the biggest problems in in all as in all areas of the world imposter syndrome um, lack of confidence all of these things and so it's really forced me to to look at this whole hairy area of potential and how do we push our growth zone and so that's what i did i looked at the whole area and i realized that there are four zones in life, right? And we can choose where we want to be. There's the comfort zone, right? We can all live in the comfort zone if we want to, and it's safe and easy, but you're not really going to achieve the great thing. So you need to then move into the next zone, which is the discomfort zone, which inevitably means you, you've got to experience a lack of self-confidence. You have to feel that, that, you know, the butterflies in your stomach, and you have to feel that, right? That means something's happening, right? Something, you're on a journey. Um, that's when you want to find excuses though, right? And that's when you're affected by other people's opinions. So you have to push through. Uh, and then you move into the learning zone where you can acquire new skills and deal with challenges. And then finally the growth zone where you find your purpose. And I experienced this one little example of this, right? A year ago, last month, I was in London and I had to give a keynote speak speech on a very important subject to a very important audience, right? And I was so nervous, right? Normally I'm okay, but this, the nerves got the better of me. And I don't mind saying before the event, I nearly rang. I nearly didn't tell the truth. I nearly rang and said, I was going to say, I'm sick. I can't come, right? That's, I, I don't mind because that's vulnerability is authenticity. I don't mind sharing that, but I didn't. And I went and I pushed through and I noticed, I was scared and I was nervous, but I noticed in the moment that I was, I had to start speaking, I could feel a whoosh of adrenaline. Adrenaline met my fear. And the adrenaline was like a lifeboat. It pushed me forward, right? And so I've learned that even in those moments of, it's those moments of fear, right? That's when you truly meet yourself, right? That's where you truly meet your potential. That's where you truly, and the potential is behind you and it will meet you if you're allowed, if you allow yourself to have a growth mindset and push through. And so I experienced that myself. And we can all experience that if we want it, right? But you've got to want it. You've got to be brave, courageous, uh, and you've got to be kind to yourself afterwards. Straight afterwards, I didn't hang around for the gossip. I went straight off and I went and had a nice, you know, cool drink afterwards. So you have to look after yourself as well. So I've learned that 
potential as is actually there to meet the fear if you're prepared to go through it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Great. So um I think Simon, this was this was very powerful, very, very beautiful. And I think a lot of um, you know action items also that people know this is where I can get started. This is what is really needed. And what I what I just see most of the times, a lot of times people know a lot of things. Problem is not, I do not know what can be done or what could be a possible immediate action in, in this scenario. Uh, it, it's just that they're stuck in the whole implementation because of whatever is there inside, the mess, the, the disconnect that, that's there. And they are not able to really take that action. They, they do not do that. And doing the work in itself is like a big, big, big deal. I, I see leaders who are 30, 40 years in the organizations doing extremely well, supposedly, I'd say. Within them, it's an utter mess, you know. And, and when it comes to doing the work, they, they just don't feel like doing it. They're so given up on things. No, and, I agree. And I think that just makes me think that's why you have such a handful of people who are really enjoying their corporate tenure, yeah. literally who feel, wow, I'm going to work today. I'm going to create this. It's a very yeah. few people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and often, often, not always, the people who do it have been through some life event, right? They've had some sort of awakening or spiritual awakening or whatever. And um, not necessarily. There's, I'll let you into kind of a secret, right? There's a, there's a two-step secret um that i've kind of noticed number one is accept that your capabilities are worthy everybody there's eight billion people on this planet right even the people we don't like trust or respect they are equal to us right there are eight billion equal individuals on this planet whether yeah. we like trust or respect them right so everybody is worthy right um then you need to match your confidence with your capability and do the work most importantly accept and be comfortable that success does not lie in the middle success is not in the middle and what i mean by that is that you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and also not always being liked right and that's what i mean by success is not in the middle um you know you can't and marshall goldsmith said this to me and a wonderful man from america called scott ballard who's the confidence coach he said that's his quote success does not sit in the middle right in other words once you've done the work and you've worked on yourself and you build your pro profile, that's when you'll notice that people will start disliking you or start questioning you. That's when it gets harder and you have to push through. When that's happening, you know you're on a you're on a positive journey, you know? And so it's a constant journey of discomfort. It's that constant four-stage growth journey. Wow, yes. Lovely. So you you need to be ready, you need to be ready. willing yeah. to do the work. But it, the key is, if you're willing, open-minded, and self-honest, you'll keep pushing forward. Also, you've got to have boundaries. You have to protect yourself. You have to be courageous and say no, right? But if you are honest, if you are completely honest, nobody can really get to you. Nobody can get in here. And Viktor Frankl said that in the book, Man's Search for Meaning, when he was in Auschwitz concentration camp, nobody could stop him being honest. They could harm his body, but they couldn't stop his mind being honest. If you are as honest as you can be, the sky is the limit with potential, as long as you go through the process. <laughs> wow. Got it. So then you need to be, uh, you know, 
I, you said you talked about quite a few things and maybe uh, somebody whoever is listening it's not about oh i've got to do this also this also this also what i believe uh, simon is all of this it's like a it's like a uh, if i may say it, it's a journey and one leads to the other certain things you know kind of keep happening together yeah. so when you're being honest with yourself you will figure out certain things you will be able to uh, manage certain things beautifully you will see progress in this area and yeah. then the progress there so yeah. it's not like oh this 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 no no it's no very discreet but it's all together it, exactly and so if you ever get an email from somebody that says pay here and it, uh -huh. this will guarantee success don't pay that pay for that because it's a mixture, really, it's a mixture of four things. It's a mixture of imagination, drive, curiosity, and attitude. So imagination is daydreaming. Sometimes you need to daydream. Sometimes you need to take time out. You need to generate ideas. Then drive is optimism, resilience, determination. Curiosity is an eagerness to learn, a willingness to learn from mistakes and honesty. And then attitude is positivity, embracing change, and being proactive. And if you can do all those things, you give yourself the best possible chance to improve strategic serendipity, right? And if it doesn't improve, you need to be self-honest there and maybe you need to change tack, right? But there's no single algorithm, right? But if you are willing, open-minded and self-honest, you you give yourself the best chance to navigate this, this these clouds of success. Right. And this last one where, where a lot of people, they you said... Uh, focus on maybe the journey, the future that you want, but don't get attached to the outcomes, the results. But I see a lot of people, uh, you know, trying to do the work where they want a tangible outcome, which, which is fine, nothing wrong with it. But can you get me this? And then maybe I'm ready to do the work. Yeah. Can you get me this? You know, and pretty much this is linked to what you just said. But um, so the whole thing around... How would you want to, you know, put across this to the people, to the leaders, to executives who are, who want to progress, who want to move ahead and create X, whatever that X is for them. But they're like, I'm going to do this if only if you guarantee me X. For doing this work, putting in time and money, will it get me X? Yeah. So I can give you, a, I can give you some statistics on that, right? So yeah. those people who sit back and believe that they can develop through others, right? So develop through uh, being dictated to or directed by others. Yes. The chances of a success is 20%, right? Those people who are proactive and, and do what I said, the chances of success are 70%, right? <laughs> and that comes from a couple of sources, right? And so um, what would you rather, 70% or 20%, right? And so now the 70% takes a lot more effort, right? You have to do it yourself, right? Um, and uh, there's a great book called The Success Factor. Uh, that kind of is reflected in this book. The book is called The Success Factor by Ruth Gottian, G-H-O-T-I-A-N. And she talks about this, you know, don't be waiting for other people to be saving you, right? Nobody, no boss, no wife, no child has ever has ever navigated my journey for me. We can only build our own bridges for the future, right? And so, um, and so, um, it's nice to think you might have an employer providing everything for you, but they're not going to. So, develop yourself by doing. That's the key thing. Mm. Wow, that's that's amazing. 
Great. Thank you so much, Simon. I think this was powerful. A lot of takeaways. Uh, it was such a pleasure. And uh, uh, you, I think, would it be okay if people go ahead and share your LinkedIn profile? They can Absolutely. Uh, you, connect with you. Super. Absolutely. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you would want to check out, uh, like I said, Simon's profile, the kind of work that he does. And there is there are so many nuggets on the profile itself in terms of the content that's available there. And if you think you want to do that, go ahead and connect with him and uh, you may want to work with him. So... <laughs> and, it's, and it's been lovely chatting with you. you. You raised really excellent questions, you know, great questions. And I can see in the questions you ask and also in your responses, both your verbal and your nonverbal responses, you really get this. You really understand this. So it's I feel as though we're connected. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Such a pleasure. A huge learning experience for me as well. Uh, really grateful for you sparing this time. And thank you so much, Simon. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Asta Unplugged series on hashtag Happy Me Podcast. Now, if at any point you resonated and you could sense this possibility for you to express your higher potential and you're absolutely committed that I no longer want to be stuck in my limiting beliefs, the thoughts, the limiting feelings, emotions, and then the behaviors and all of that that holds me back from creating what I desire, then reach out to us. All you need to do is type in the word thrive. On LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, whatever works for you, the word is thrive, and we will reach out to you, we will connect with you, and let's together explore how you can move beyond all these barriers and create, turn into the possibility that you are, the beautiful person that you are, but somewhere that's hidden, you're holding it back, right? This is your opportunity. The word is thrive, either LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. I look forward to connecting. Thank you.